Hi, everyone, and welcome again to the Thomas Deserve Better podcast, where we talk about the world of independent comics. I hope you're all doing well out there in podcast land, and thank you for taking us out today. And with me today, AR Richard. Hello, hello. And Carrie. Hi. So we had... All oh, right. Okay. Well, you have to probably edit that part. Oh, that sounds okay. Anyway, I was okay. So we have a great episode for you today, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer and Russ Wooten. But before we do that, we'll go ahead and go through our regular segments. Uh, we do have a DIY corner today, which I will talk about. Uh, before I do, shout out to a um, friend of the show and uh, former. Uh, guest host Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, she's the one who had introduced me to uh, Joe Latham, who this Kickstarter is about. He's got a new book called Lustration, and um, he did this uh, series called Haru, uh, which is a beautifully illustrated book uh, or series. And that's how uh, uh, I was introduced to his work. Uh, this is no different when it comes to how awesome and beautiful the the artwork is. Uh, these are going to be a bunch of short stories about uh, specific things about um, his life and uh, and like his feelings and everything. So it's going to kind of be like interpersonal comics. And uh, if you like that kind of stuff, you like beautiful artwork, this is something definitely to check out. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's. I'm surprised that this person is not more famous. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> This is gorgeous, in my opinion. Yeah, no, all in due time, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is just really, really just pretty art. And there is a, uh, there's rewards uh, that you can get either Haru Part 3. I, I actually, I missed Haru Part 3. I got Part 1, Parts 1 and 2. Um, so I, if, um, and when I do this, uh, do this Kickstarter, I'm going to do that, probably that tier. But you can also get uh, Haru parts one, two, and three, and I definitely recommend that if you have read Haru, because those are awesome books. And uh, you know, but pick any tier that you can afford, do what you can, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this. So uh, yeah, cool. also just be aware. Uh, I mean, we're in the states, but yeah, these uh, this one's in town, oh. so I don't know what the conversion rate is. Yes, oh. yeah. Make sure that. Uh, and, Fortunately, uh, Kickstarter is really good at it. Um, it'll tell it'll you it for you. It'll yeah. It, on each tier, it'll say what it is in pounds, and then it'll say about U.S. dollars this amount. Mm. But and also that keep in mind if you're getting a physical copy, that does not include shipping. Ooh. So if you don't want to worry about shipping, get digital. But uh, if you don't mind uh, paying a little extra for shipping during these times, then uh, definitely get digital or get the physical. Do what I say. No. Don't <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and go into the spotlight. Uh, Richard, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I'm back again with more Little Monsters. I read Little Monsters number four. This book is excellent. I'm so happy you are back with that because it's (laughs) fantastic. I was actually going to read something else, but Brian was just like, hey, Little Monsters was awesome this last week. Maybe you should do that. (laughs) I can read it. Yeah. And I concurred. So this issue uh, opens up with uh, Ronnie and Raymond, but it's like a flashback of them as kids. So 
It's them in 1933, Nebraska. They're like train hopping. And basically, their parents sent them away because they have other siblings and they're the oldest. And basically, the parents are like, you're men now. Go out and work and make your, you know, your own life. Except they're, they can't be older than 10, but they look like oh, they're shit. probably eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but all, honestly, it was the 30s. Like, yeah, during the Depression, I'm sure this was a real thing that it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. I'm, you, I'm, sure it's, now. I'm sure it's almost something that goes on even today. For some some families, you know, uh, that's, that's which is which is sad, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is basically them back in the day. They're they're train hopping. They have they have no more food. They ate all their bread. They're out of beans. Uh, and uh, I think Ronnie was gonna go fishing, but when they jumped out the train, they uh, broke their fishing pole. Oh no! Um, and basically, <laughs> I know. Then you meet an they meet an older black gentleman, and I don't know if he's the vampire that turns them or he's gonna bring them to the vampire that turns them. But basically it takes us back to the present day where they're feeding on uh the first human that they've seen in like years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Uh so basically all the kids are split up right um from last issue because they were looking for uh uh not Billy Frick, what is his name? Oh yes. Um, the, the main character. Yes, the the, the he, one who he doesn't talk. Ra, uh, Romy, um, Romy, Romy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so they were all look, out looking for Romy. Then they stumbled upon a human and basically started to feed. So two of the other kids are out looking for Romy. Romy has found the daughter of the person that they just ate, and when they saw them, they, they saw the other kids eating him. And basically, like Romy's trying to keep the girl calm. But he also doesn't speak, and he's revealed to her that, yeah, like, I'm a vampire, too, but, like, I'm not going to hurt you. So that's their status. And, you know, they're finally found by the uh, two of the others, like, that are more calm and, uh, you know, less wild-minded. And they talk to the girl, and they're like, look, like, we don't want to fight you. Like, let us help you. We'll we'll, we'll try to figure something out. But the rest of the kids, uh, led by Billy, who who was the first to found this uh, human man, it's like, yo, like that was delicious. We need to go find more humans <laughs> to eat. Oh, and shit. like, and basically they, they have one main rule in this place that they are, this like encampment or whatever, is that they always sleep in the same spot. Like they always, like they could do whatever they want during the daytime, but at the same time at night, you have to go home where, you know, where that is and sleep. And Billy's like, you know, F that, let's go find <laughs> these humans. Mm-hmm. And um, the only one of them that's uh, like a little trepidatious, because all of them like thought the human was delicious, except for uh, uh, Ronnie. Oh, fuck. And he's one of the twins. No, no, not Romy. Mm-hmm. Well, Ronnie's one of the twins, yes. Well, Ronnie, one of the twins. And the other, he is yeah. like, and the other one's Ray, Raymond. Yes. And so he's just kind of like, hey, guys, I don't really feel good. I don't feel good about this. And, you know, they're, you know, they're kids. They're like, yeah, stop yeah. being soft. They're admonishing him. And then, you know, he kind of goes along with what they want to do. They find an encampment of humans and they just go for it and they start attacking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ronnie's with them and then he eats somebody and he's like, you know what? You're right. This is fantastic. I feel so great. And then his head is he's immediately decapitated. <laughs> and seen, see you next issue. <laughs> That's insane. And just again, the dust, Dustin Winart, you know, this is Jeff Lemire, Dustin Winsart. I don't think I said yeah. that on the front end. 
but uh just the the art is fantastic and just the the use of color or lack thereof like just mm-hmm. makes everything so good like most of it is depicted in black and white so while the kids are feeding everything's great you know black and white or grayscale except for the blood <laughs> from, that's like you know dribbling off the, the side of their faces mm-hmm. and also the blood uh coming off uh ronnie's neck when he gets decapitated yeah that was a but, a, a surprise <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 as soon as he was like it feels so good i was oh. like oh something's happening next bad next week mm-hmm. and I, <laughs> i'm what's, not wrong what's the trepidatious character is like oh no i'm kind of cool with this yeah bye right right, right 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 that's that's almost like the the horror movie trope of like once you lose your virginity like you were the mm-hmm. pure person and now you become unpure yeah, and here comes Jason. <laughs> same, yeah. same type of machete too. Yeah, <laughs> totally was. Yeah, this this series is uh is is very surprising. Uh, like how good it is, even though I mean, I mean, Dustin Wynn and, and Jeff Lemire, anything they do, I'm gonna read. But but aside from that, I'm I'm surprised how how good this is. Yeah, no, no, it's super engaging. Um, the books, like the there's so much story there with it not being that wordy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, they like, like these kids have been alive for a long time. Like, there's a bit of a mystery because you don't know what's going on with them. Basically, I guess adult vampires, more or less, you know, either abandoned them or tucked them away where they are and yes. told them to hide and that they would be back for them. But it's been, you know, we're we're coming in the middle of it that it's been, you know, decades and they haven't seen hide or hair for anybody. But you know, these kids are good listeners up until this point. And now that they're getting a little bit more adventurous, somebody got decapitated. So exactly, <laughs> but but the, the older vampires probably did not want to happen. Um, and then and like what I like about it too is that you're slowly getting glimpses of the of like the city. Like there's that part where they're traveling and, and you just see the the uh, the rows and rows of abandoned cars on the highway. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like a really cool kind of like a nuance. Like, yeah, it's you know, if if you were wondering how long it's been, like, and what happened, it was some kind of cataclysmic event, and it wasn't vampires apparently because everyone was surprised <laughs> when yeah. uh, they started attacking. You know, so who knows? Some other crazy thing happened in this world, and it wasn't vampires apparently, but yet vampires still exist in this world. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. No. Awesome book. And if you jump into a Jeff Lemire book and don't expect to be sad, <laughs> then, then you're not jumping into it correctly because Jeff okay. Lemire is the purveyor of sadness, but in a very good way. So um, he recently did Bay's book um, where he did the art himself. It's a, It just kind of reminded me of this because that was also black and white with a red uh, tinge to it. And so, yeah. Um, I think we're in his black, white, and red period right now in <laughs> comics. And yeah, it's been pretty good. So, all right. Well, I once again have a few books to talk about for my spotlight, if you guys don't mind. Uh, actually, only three this week. It's been kind of a weird week uh, altogether when it comes to uh, to reading. So I think it's read as much as I usually do or have been able to, but I hope you all enjoy this really quick <laughs> uh speaking about great writers that i follow no matter what they're doing um first one on my list is the closet number one by james tiny the fourth uh gavin fullerton crystal halloran and tom napolitino or napolitano from image comics so it starts with uh tom um who with their uh 
with their wife and uh, son. They're moving and uh, and they're packing. And Tom has gone away to go get uh, packing tape, but he decided that, you know, what's more important than packing right now? The bar. And he goes out drinking, gets wasted, decides, you know, to, to lie to his wife and say that, oh, like the, the first store I went to didn't have the tape and that's why I'm so late. But it really doesn't work too well because when he comes home, smelling like booze, his wife is pretty pissed at him. Um, the son, this entire time, um, even while packing, the, and this is their last night at the house, is begging to not stay in his room because he has a, a monster in his closet. And, um, you know, of course, parents don't believe him. Um, we're, you know, at the, in the beginning of the story, you know, we know it's a, a fantasy comic book, so we kind of have a feeling that he might be telling the truth because we're reading a fictional comic, you know, comic book, and why would that not be true in a book like this? But, but uh, yeah, his family, especially his his drunk dad, um, try piss poorly to to complete him and he ends up having to sleep in his room even they're like oh don't worry we're going to be on the road tomorrow and you're never going to see this closet again so your monster in your closet is going to be gone don't worry so um jamie goes to sleep and gets woken up by sounds in the closet and something very horrific comes out of that closet and uh um makes it clear that uh Hey, I'm gonna hitch a ride with you guys, no matter where you go. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I want the record to show that uh, there was a bad R. Kelly joke I could have made. Oh yes. Oh my god! Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's true. So th- this is only a three issue series, um, and so, but yeah, it starts out kind of with a good bang here, where uh, they can also make an R. Kelly joke there as well, I guess. But anyway, so, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, it, it it's. The monster is scary. It's it's a pretty cool, nicely designed monster. Um, I think it's going to be more about shitty parents than it's going to be about monsters, you know. Okay. So that, but uh, yeah, so so far so good. I guess this was on his um, his Substack, and so now that's it's, what I was going to ask. Yeah, it's getting released now on on by Image. So now we have uh, next is uh, Never Ender number one by Devin Craft, Ben Luan Lu. And James Hustle from, excuse me, from Behemoth Comics. The um, so this is a future book, um, but problems of the future, you know, in the, as in any great sci-fi future book, is basically our problems now, but just amplified by a million. So the future has arrived. Uh, the there's a colonial republic. They take into the cosmos, um, and they become wealthy and powerful because they basically invent like an advanced way to propel things and like, you know, basically making like traveling faster, making it more efficient and everything like that. It's essentially, essentially it's the gas industry, you know, like you know, <laughs> big oil, big oil essentially now. And that's why they're rich. And, uh, and um, they basically, the earth for basically the poor to live there. It's a bunch of like slums and, and, um, and like people living on top of each other and like tenements and everything. And uh, with no real chance of getting out of, of uh, earth for these people born in this, into this society. Uh, the, the community of course is placated, uh, you know, ancient Roman style by a gladiatorial uh, combat performed by a warrior group called the Crows. Um, and the story focuses on a delinquent on earth named Merrick uh, who gets abused by his father. He's expelled from school and he gets arrested all the time for fighting. Uh, he 
only likes one thing and that's like battling for his life. So um, when randomly during a riot, um, a space probe lands, like falls out of the, out of the orbit and lands near them. And it gets picked up by, it gets fixed up by his like scientist friend and they're going to get the hell out of earth and they have a chance to um, while these riots are, are occurring. Now the riots I'm mentioning about um, once again, reflecting our society where the, um, the, you know, it seems like the ire of the people who should be fighting for their right to survive and fighting to, to make life better for them against the, the people that are in power and in charge are then forced to, to kind of fight for things that, that are dumb, essentially, like, and they're distracted by, by, by situations that shouldn't even exist. Um, the, there's these things called the bots and they're robots, but they're like, they're like uh, internet bots where they're constantly <laughs> selling things to people. And so these bots are all around. And then, and of course the, or all the earth citizens are, are preoccupied, like fighting and getting mad at these bots as they're like, Hey, like, do you have two kids and want to live in a new place in Miami, Florida, or like, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, you know? And so, um, so uh, they're they're distracted with that this this riot's going on unfortunately um Merrick's companion doesn't make it out and but Merrick does make it off of earth with the uh with the probe and he's on his way now to find the the um, the planet where they do these fights and he's gonna start fighting gladiatorial style and uh and probably make a make make a little uh, Russell Crowe style uh, <laughs> um, murmur into the society. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, what I really liked about it, um, I absolutely recommend it on the art alone. Um, it's very Tezuka style. I know a couple of episodes ago I said this is very manga-like and everyone was like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm, trust me this time, like it, if you look at the artwork on this on, on Neverender, um, yeah, he, he's definitely influenced by classic manga, and I definitely see a lot of Astro Boy. I definitely see a lot of of Tezuka in this, um, but it's still his own style. It's, he's definitely not like copying. It's 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 still his own unique, wonderful style, and it's black and white, so that also kind of lends to the manga feel mm. to it as well. So it's pretty. Cool. Well, I finally found some uh, interior pages. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. No. 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 Like on every official site, I they only had covers. I had to go. Yeah, that's search one, a little bit more. That's one thing about Behemoth. Unfortunately, they don't have a lot of um, presence. Like they don't do preview pages. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and like and so you kind of have to just go by description alone. And and this one, you know, fortunately, I'm glad I picked it up because it's it's, it's pretty good. I like it. Definitely want to keep going on on this series. So. My last one here, um, it's it's June, it's uh, Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everybody. Um, I always try, you know, I'm, I always try to read LGBTQ books all the time, but I always kind of try to increase the more during June uh, for this era, this time of the year. And um, I read uh, Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera, uh, Celia Muscote, uh, James Fenner and DC Hopkins. And this is from Boom. It's actually a book that was a, a YA book that was written by Gabby Rivera that Celia must go to turn into a uh, into a graphic novel. And she wrote and oh, drew yeah. the graphic novel based on Gabby Rivera's uh, work. Um, so this is about Juliet. 
uh, a Puerto Rican young woman who, who grew up in the Bronx. Uh, she just received an internship uh, for college that's going to have her move out to Portland to work with her hero, who's a white feminist writer, colloquially known as the Pussy Lady. And she, she's exactly, <laughs> if the image that you're getting in your head about that, that's, that's you're probably correct on the type of person this person is. And um, so she's not having the best time right now because uh, she just came out as gay to her family. Everyone eventually accepts what she says, except for her mom. And her mom goes like full force, like, no, you're not, you're not gay. You're like, you, you just think this is just a face. You're like, like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a kid. Like, you, you know, like you don't know your own feelings. And so she, you know, and obviously the family's very close. So she has to leave now, go across the United States with this feeling that her mom is just like gaslighting her and um, is not going to accept her for who she is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What's worse also is that Julie has been dating this girl for about a year and she's ghosted her and, um, Basically, there's a good reason why she goes to her because she's cheating on Juliet, and you find that later. <laughs> so lots of things are going to shit. So she's going to Portland. Uh, she quickly learns also that the internship is not is going to be the way that she thought it was going to be. And that old cliche of uh, never meet one's heroes is definitely prevalent here. Uh, the pussy lady is not all that she turned out to be. Uh, with all this turmoil, though, Juliet basically puts her best foot forward. She goes on a journey of self-discovery. She makes good friends new friends she also like starts researching female badasses and uh from history especially puerto rican female badasses from history because that was part of her internship so she's starting to learn new heroes new direction she's kind of like kind of rebuilding herself into a better person and and um so with all the new support and everything you know like all the shittiness that kind of hit her all at once kind of ends up becoming a good story you know like and uh she kind of becomes a better person through all everything so you know everyone should read at least one queer comic in june but i honestly think that everyone should read at least one queer comic every month so hope you all enjoyed my no we gave them a month brian that's it <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you, you get 30 days to be gay and also probably get 28 oh yeah that's true i know it's so, that's so i don't get that that's so bad it's, oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I get it. I get it. Oh, but, I get it. Yeah. Trust me. Uh, I don't. It's, it's just, hard to understand. It's just stupid. It's just <laughs> why it's that way. No, it's like I like I like a country that's consistent. Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to give you a month, but it's going to be the month that's you know twenty days. Hey, every four years you get twenty nine days. Like there you go. That, isn't that awesome? um all right but um can i plug something sure are you absolutely okay so um it's not comic book related but i want it to nope. oh no i'm just up good i want it to get lots of um attention there's a new show coming out on june 23rd on hbo max for those of you who have it it's called the gordita chronicles um it is about an immigrant family coming from santo domingo so in the dominican to the states uh, specifically to miami florida in the 80s i cried when i watched it it's so fucking cute um it's an all latin cast it looks it's about immigrants it's about american culture it's the 80s which i think a lot of us have um a special spot in our hearts for it's just it's it looks so good um you don't get a lot of 
full Latin cast shows uh, on mm-hmm. TV. Um, it's like we ha- we had um, like one day at a time, and that was a, a Netflix show, I think, and then that got canceled. George Lopez, mm-hmm. the George Lopez show, <laughs> which I have issues with, so I don't like to talk about it. Um, so like it's it's really hard for some. I think sometimes for like the Latino um, like POV to have um like a foothold in in media so it's really without the stupid stereotypes of like the cholo or something so like Mm -hmm. it's um it just looks so cute if you guys have a chance just please look at the trailer um and the gordita chronicles is because um the cuckoo the the main little girl she um on her first day at american school i want to say it's like a middle school like an all ages like encompassing school somebody calls her fat like this hot boy calls her fat and so she's learning English and so she's like what and then somebody tells her in Spanish oh he's calling you gordita gordita and then that's how it because she's not as pretty as her sister she's not as thin as her sister and I think her older sister's getting the hang of American culture a little bit quicker than um cuckoo so it just so the only the only right thing to do is to ostracize her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it looks so cute and i'm so so excited so oh, that's all i wanted to talk about please give it some love and if, it, yeah. if it's shit it's shit don't watch it but at least give it a shot give it a shot at least that's all. Yeah, definitely awesome. i was thinking about that um we had to remove our recording this week because i was asked to work a double shift at my real regular job mm-hmm. and uh you know since i don't work with those co-workers every day anymore it was just funny that like I love when, like, with, with Hispanic people, one thing is just that, like, hey, man, if there's one differentiating detail about you, we could just make that your name. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have like two two South American uh, Cuban dudes that work the line. So then the the server who, or excuse me, South American Hispanic dudes that work the line. So the server who's Cuban, he's just Cuban now. His name's Mike. It's just like so <laughs> funny. It's just like, but like, as soon as you said the Gordita Chronicles, I was just like, yeah, if you're a little bit chubbier than the rest of your family, that's it. Mm-hmm. If you're a little bit darker than the rest of your family, mm-hmm. that's it. You're mm-hmm. La Negro, La Negra. But mm-hmm. like, it's, it's I, again, I appreciate consistency. <laughs> um, Brian, to my dad's side of the family, he's Huerito. Yeah. Like to this day, we've been married almost 16 years and they've they don't try to learn his name. He's just what he built. That's a shit. Yeah, it, it speaks volumes about the kind of family I come from. But uh, but yeah. But like I, I don't even think that's specific to your family. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, um, yeah. That particular part, the racism is very akin to to them. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's. it's <laughs> well, my dad, my nickname is Prieta, or Prietita. Uh, I'm that? not that it's it's a slang term Prieta's dark yeah okay. I'm not I'm one of the lighter people in my family and I have no idea where this came from and so maybe they, um, they were just being ironic or maybe your mood uh, yeah my well, they, he gave it to me my dad gave it to me when I was a kid so yeah I was a, kind of a bitchy kid so <laughs> like that makes sense but yeah I mean still to this day <laughs> like, like a Wednesday Adams thing yeah going? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Definitely. That's when you put a hex on, on your father. 
Oh, I did practice witchcraft like all people or uh, most well, people at like 13. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say all people. Unique experience. Everyone. I just assumed <laughs> like, yeah, that everyone like... thought they were a witch from like 10 to 14. That was me. I thought I was a witch. I read this like the the satanic bible i was all into that shit when i was a kid yes yes no that's a unique carry experience oh, like we okay. weren't like yo we're gonna go to school and then we're doing recess and then after school we're gonna do some witch stuff like that's not oh, how okay. it went down for me. you guys weren't holding seances and um <laughs> in school property and then getting busted for it or uh no. oh, okay that was just me gotcha <laughs> that's awesome though it makes yeah, sense. I, that's a great re- reason to cut class that oh does. yeah that and to make out with boys I mean, I know dead. it's pride, but Spoken making out with boys just doesn't entice me that much. Oh, you know what? <laughs> if I would have had the chance, I would have made out probably with more girls than with boys in school, to be honest. But I would necromancy. boys were all I got at. Huh? I would necromancy. Necromancy. No, I. I, no, I not, not necrophilia, necromancy. Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, do you guys have any questions about or anything about the three books? Um, no, everything sounds really good. Closet. Yeah. I'm going to read the uh, the Juliet one. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely recommend it. It's, it was super good. Um, plus, also, I know you're a big YA fan, so this is a adapted. Yes, so, thank you. Yeah. Maybe you'd want to read the, the, the real book and then compare it. I actually, oh. yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to read the other book. All right. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, I will go ahead and move on to our main course, which is Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson, Mike Spicer, and Russ Wooten uh, from Image Comics. This was my choice this week. And the reason why, there's a few reasons why I chose this one. Uh, first, like I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, I wanted to start focusing on musical themed, musically themed uh, comic books from a foreseeable future for my picks. So, you know, Every once in a while, you're going to get a book like this, uh, different genres of music, obviously. Um, I am a very eclectic fan of music and very eclectic fan of musical comic books. So you're going to get everything from jazz to hip hop to metal to rap to rock to punk. But originally, I was going to do uh, the, the High Desert. Uh, but that is a 400 page book. And we actually had something else planned earlier for this episode, I'm not going to get into it, but um, that kind of fell through for the time being. So we, um, so I didn't want to make everyone read a 400 page book in two days. Thank you. So, so uh, that's very nice of you. Yeah. So, I, so, so Murder Falcon was going to be my next choice on my musical adventure. So I decided just to push that one up, and we'll, we'll do we'll do the High Desert next week or next next uh, episode that I choose. <laughs> I choose every episode now. Um, so I love, um, I, I also, the reason why this book was up on my list was because um, this was a book where I jumped into it personally thinking that it, like, I mean, it's called Murder Falcon. It's about metal. There's a freaking van on the first issue cover with like van art on it. I thought this was going to become an innocuous, stupid, fun book that I, like I'll read it and kind of forget it, you know, like in a few, in a few like weeks after, after finishing the book, you know, like, oh, that was great. But what, what was the book about? I have no idea. But no, this book uh, gut punches hard. <laughs> it does it often. Um, it, for a book called 
called Murderfalcon. This has all the feels, <laughs> and um, and I've got to, I wanted to you know kind of share it because it's because of the type of book it is. It's like you know like I guess you don't judge a book by a cover. You don't judge a book by its name either. Sometimes <laughs> um, because yeah, you would. I, I think that's part of the 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 fun of this book is because you don't expect a Murder Falcon book to be as heartfelt as this is. So I'll give a quick rundown uh, about it and we'll get into it. Uh, so um, the world is under attack by Magnum Chaos <laughs> and his legion of monsters from a different dimension. And they're all created from the sadness and despair felt by humanity. So they're strong. Uh, <laughs> now there's Jake who's going through some stuff himself. Um, recently quit his metal band, or well, I guess about a year ago, quit his the band that he was in called Bruticus and broke his guitar. Uh, do some emotional feels that he was having at the time, where all of a sudden he gets accosted by one of these monsters, and his guitar magically fixes itself and out pops Murder Falcon, which is basically an avatar from a different dimension called the Heavy and is powered by how well Jake plays that guitar. So he has to take it back up, even though for those reasons why he doesn't want to. I'll, we'll, we'll get into spoilers and I'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a few. But, um, but then also he finds out that there's other musical instruments out there. And unfortunately, they can't just pop into existence like the guitar did because the um because murder falcon kind of used his last powers to uh, pop on onto earth that way so now they're he's gonna have to get the band together um and find the the these magical instruments for them to play to bring back these other avatars from the heavy to fight magnum chaos and save the world so it's one of your getting the band back together stories, but there's a giant falcon wearing a red Rambo-like headband with a <laughs> giant metal arm that's punching the hell out of these giant monsters and dragons and stuff like that. Well, um, you so it's it, it, so you have it on the face, kind of like that fun punchy punchy metal book, you know, like. You know, like you know, like tenacious D. You know, like that kind of style of, of story. <laughs> but then you um, are um, you find out a little bit more about the story about about what's going on, and uh, that um, Jake has experienced something very life changing um, that involves him and his wife. And before um, you get to the heavy, uh, yeah. very tenacious D. Now that you've mentioned it, oh, like yeah. I, I I did it. Like it didn't hit me, but now that you said it, like I'm like, oh yeah, that felt very tenacious. Be all of it. Uh huh. I, I, whenever Murder Falcon talked, I or spoke, I guess is the right word in in, in the English lexicon. <laughs> um, I totally got Jack Black like talking, yeah. <laughs> you know, like and like that's who that would, that's who was speaking in my head, and um, uh, but, yeah, I, so, I definitely could see and hear it now. <laughs> yeah. And so this this basically follows Jake and Murph, uh, as they call Murder Falcon, um, <laughs> trying to get the band back together. Um, and you know, um, basically each character or each member of the band had their own issue kind of going on. Johan, the bass player, he's um, 
you know, basically kind of dead in a job that he hates um, and hasn't played uh, bass since the breakup. And um, is more than happy. He's kind of the fun character of this book. Yeah, where he's like, he's just like, he's like, he's the one who's saying like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Yeah, and like at all times, you yeah. know, someone needs to say it, and then he's the one who's saying it. And uh, also, and, more importantly, yeah. Black Johan. Yes, a lot yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's just one of my favorite things to note in real life or in fiction, where you just have a character is just like, huh, a Spanish Terrence. Yeah, we did that. Like, yeah. like just oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty awesome that yeah, yeah, you would not expect Johan to be to be black, but yeah, and awesome metal bass player as well. But I mean, when you can uh, when you can summon a mastodon to to help fight, you know, that's that's a good sign that you're a good bass yeah, player. Yeah, Johan was fighting um, all sorts of stereotypes. Yes, the metal music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's named after like a classical. Um, like like composer, yeah, yeah. So, that's true. Cool. Yeah, he's not a Viking. All the fro, though. Yeah. Oh, the fro was beautiful. Yes, the fro was I awesome. Loved it. And then speaking of awesome hair, though, too, the drummer Jimmy, um, who um, once again kind of a, a, kind of defeating a stereotype, she's a female drummer. Um, and, she, and she has a spelling of Jimi Hendrix, and like, she's not a guitar player. Yeah, she's not a guitar exactly. And um, and so she's kind of going through her own stuff too. She's taking care of her father. Her father has dementia, and we all know oh, how God, fun that, that is. Um, killed me. So she. So they're. So that's initially the band. Um, now I guess I'll, I'll just jump into spoilers really quick. Um, during this whole thing, it's nuanced that that uh, Jake and his wife were going through medical issues. And the um, the doctor that some someone was basically diagnosed with cancer. It's implied in the beginning of the book that Jake's wife has died mm-hmm. and she's gone, and so and died of cancer. That's why he broke up the band. You find out about halfway through the book, well, about no, about a quarter way through the book, where the big twist happens, where you find out she's alive. And the person who had cancer, who has only a year to live, is Jake. And so he pushed everyone away because he was dying. And, and so you find out the reason why he's been a jerk is because he doesn't know how to deal with his own mortality and, and emotions, essentially. This, so, this was quite the twist. Like, I didn't see it coming. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm reading yeah. it and I'm like, like I, it was one of those situations where I had to go back a few pages to see if I missed something. I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" They led me down in the wrong mm-hmm. direction and completely flipped it on me and did it masterfully. Like it was really, really well done. Yeah. And oh my god, forget. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And the wife. And thank you. I forgot. I was forgetting her name for a second. She's a champion in this book. Yeah, um, Anne's a fucking bad bitch. I love her. Yeah. So she basically is like, "I love you, and I want to be with you." But like we gotta work through shit because like you did leave me for over a year while like obviously I cared about you. So like you know a very human response to this and a very human who loves somebody's response, you know, like because like you could tell that she mm-hmm. wants to work things out, but obviously he kind of shit the, the yeah. bed. <laughs> well, there's also- he loves him, but he yeah. hurt yeah. her and she yeah. doesn't one want to be hurt again and then also just like what am i signing up for 
Like, am I going to put myself out there once again and then you're going to pull away and I'm going to be devastated once again? Exactly. There's a, when, when he goes back to her house and, or her, I thought it was a cabin or something, but when he goes to her <laughs> place and like they're talking and he wants to like, you know, get back together and he's apologizing to her and she tells him like, oh, you know, this is yes, but no, blah, blah, blah. She she looks over her shoulder in a panel and she says, like, I want things to go back to the way they used to be. And once you figure out that it's him dying from cancer, I got that line meant more because it's like, oh, it's not just that she wants the relationship back, you know, to be back to yeah. the way it was. Mm-hmm. She wants everything back before the diagnosis. Yes. Like right. she she wants that part back. She wants it to be like that. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's really you know, how many times hasn't something like really traumatic happened in your life where you're like, oh, I wish I could go back to how I felt before. Right. So that, that was really good. Oh, and I think we haven't set up some of the pre twist stuff up because like one thing when you're led to believe that she's the one that had cancer, Jake is drawn with long blonde flowing locks Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in this. And um, he the way he seems to be living his life, he is trying to make an effort to behave as though everything is normal. So when people are talking to him, it very much is framed that like he's grieving, I guess the death of his wife, but what Mm -hmm. it is is that he's sick and he's trying to completely not acknowledge that he's sick. He's just trying to go through the motion and go through the paces because everyone Mm -hmm. keeps asking him, how are you? How are you? And you're always thinking, yes, oh my God, yes, you're yes. grieving. Mm-hmm. But what it is is that they'd be like physically and they're like, oh, let me help you. Let me do this. Blah, blah. Yes. And he, he kind of pushes them away. But like, it's framed very well. So you can't see yeah. me a twist. Absolutely. And look, I've never had obviously a terminal disease, a, a literal death sentence where you're like mortality's on the way. However, there's no point in this narrative that I feel like he doesn't love his wife, but there is a panel that I guess after they break up, he takes his ready wig off and, and like throws it into the sea. And I'm like, again, I don't know how people cope when you're dying, but like that felt like I'm like drama queen must much. Yeah. Like if you want to take <laughs> it off, you put it in a drawer. You don't th- like there didn't seem to be a big blow up where they hated each other. No. Which, so that part felt a little out of place. Which also yeah. played into the fact that you think she's dead. Yes. Because right. I feel right, right, because it feels yeah. there's a finality to that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I told which that scene, and I was like, "Oh shit, she died." That well, is so tragic. Right. He, he had to throw the ring into the lake so he could find it again. That's why. He <laughs> it well, yeah, he does find it again later. Yes, it's um, it's a Chekhov's uh, wedding ring. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the um, yeah. Well, no, I was absolutely yeah. The, the framing of the book is is pretty ingenious because it definitely makes you feel one way, and like things are going to go a certain way, but it it just completely takes a one eighty, and I think that just makes everything even more powerful when it happens mm-hmm. that way. You know, because you're like, oh, oh yeah, you're like oh like this isn't the story I was reading. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think it's also why this book is called Murder Falcons because uh, once again, it's like, it's trying to subvert like your expectations, you know? Like, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's like, it's not called metal story with feels, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you know, which it's what it is, but you know, like, or like, hey, cancer sucks, the novel, you know, like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it has a stupid name for, for like a very heartfelt book. And so, no offense to the name, naming, but it's kind of a dumb name, but that's what makes it fun. Um, but, but even they acknowledge it in the book because he's like murder falcon. Like, what kind of name is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. I only murder monsters. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like also we haven't talked about it. Like murder falcon, Murph himself has a. It's a really cool design. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He looks and- like a falcon man, but like he used to be in the military or whatever. Yes. He is ripped, but like mm-hmm. every, he's not wearing army fatigues, but he's wearing like like um he's wearing. Like I guess Rambo combat bandana. pants, but they're brown. Right, he has the yeah. Rambo bandana, and then he's he has one metal arm that can be upgraded throughout. But he just he he screams badass. He screams eighties yeah. movie badass. Yes. It's a yes. really fun Absolutely. design. And yeah. like I love all, almost every design of this. Actually, I don't love uh, um, was it Magnum Chaos? Yeah, that was kind of a, kind of a creepy. Look. It's very creepy, but like, um, I feel like maybe when you get to the end of the book and you see what the book is, like, are are those monsters like to be like cancer cells or cancerous? You know what I'm saying? Like, because it doesn't look okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, I get of, what you're saying. I can see it because like because they're like... they're all very formless, and you know, like or or they just have like the outline of a form. Like you're like, oh, this one's like a, a four-legged monster, you know, a, a monster that works yeah. on all fours. Or this one's kind of, you know, yeah. crustacean-like. But other than that, they're all without like real form and look crazy and gross. And, mm-hmm. it, and it also looks like like a, like a, like a cell that's gone crazy and like mm-hmm. has grown out of it, its proportions and stuff. So um, yeah, I can totally see the cancer motif in that. Okay, finish explaining the story because I have questions. Oh, okay, so just just really Damn. quick. So meanwhile, um, it turns out you know the entire this, um, Magnum Chaos essentially um, uses Jake's sadness to help open up the rifts and create um, chaos throughout the world. And so there's other you find out about halfway through the book there's other groups trying to fight the evil uh including a swedish metal band um wearing you know like the the, the death metal band basically wearing the with the white makeup and the black like uh very very death lock stuff. yeah yeah very death lock exactly um and so um they're they're fighting um that entire band uh whisperwood i think is what they were called um gets decimated except for the guitarist and so the guitarist finds Bruticus and <laughs> and wants to join them to uh, to fight, and so um, and so he's coming with his own baggage. He just saw all his friends, the family, and loved ones die. Um, he the, by this time, Jake's wife has now joined them, and she's not part of the band. So he kind of takes out his ire on her, like, well, "What the fuck are you doing here? Like, you're not helping." And so she basically proves like how like strong she is to him and like what like love is and everything we won't get any teary eyed here um and so <laughs> he kind of has like a redemption like oh shit i'm an asshole kind of like situation going on there but a little, a little come to jesus moment yeah and um and at the same time um they're on their way to japan because they find out there's the, the horn of the dead uh that can, is the only thing that they can probably stop uh stop magnum chaos 
And so, and that's that all of a sudden appeared off an island off of Japan. And they're on their way there. Um, the Japanese Philharmonic Orchestra has also been fitted to fight evil. So you got an entire symphony of, uh, of musicians basically also playing like violins and drums and timpanis and all that kind of fun stuff, um, fighting, fighting the, the monsters together. Uh, they, um, Magnum Chaos makes it to the horn first and can't, can't unlock the, uh, the door which is going to be unlocked by, by Jake and, and Murph. So he basically lays a trap for them. Um, they get decimated pretty fast and it ends up, um, Anne has to uh, unleash her inner turmoil and um, has one of the magical, is given one of the magical instruments, which is a microphone by the, um, the guitarist from the death metal band. And is um, and then basically screams her lungs out and causes uh, gives them a, a chance to escape essentially, and um, and so uh, eventually ends with um, Jake and Merv having a last stand with Madam Chaos. Um, you find out why Jake has blonde hair and long blonde hair. He accepts his fate. He accepts what's going on. He accepts that it's not all about him. He takes off his wig um, and shreds, of, you know, uh, all, uh, um, you know, anyway, a good metal guitarist can. And, um, and they defeat evil. And um, they get to the, oh, they get to the Horn of the Dead. Um, it turns out it doesn't raise an army of dead like they thought they did. It turns out it, everyone who's dying essentially their spirit is united. So it all unites into Jake and Jake is able to, to, uh, to basically defeat Magnum Chaos. But in doing so, it takes his life. And, um, but he's met by the angel of death who is Ronnie James Dio, if you know your, your metal people, <laughs> which- um, That's Olaf what I thought. I was just like, is that Dio? And, I was just, and yeah. I'm not like a big enough metal person to just, <laughs> you know, get the reference immediately, but that's yeah. what my assumption was. I'm sure there was a lot of references that just flew over my head, but that, that was one of the references that, that I did I did get. And that's one of the, the pleasures of this book too, is that there are definitely some like deep metal references that if that if you know, you know, but if you don't know, it doesn't like negatively affect you. And mm -hmm. um, the and so, um, and then he's, he's, so he's off to the afterlife where there's plenty of metal to be played and he is accompanied by uh, Murph, who's going to go along with him to the, to the next world. So that's my, my quick synopsis of this very emotional book where I almost burst out in tears a couple of times right now. So I had to look at Instagram reels while you were telling it so that way it's, I wouldn't <laughs> cry. <laughs> yeah. So, so question, I, I got, I got one important question now that we gone through the whole book yes yes yes, yes. Mm -hmm. did this really happen or is this the coping coping mechanism in his mind Ooh. because the way that it looks is that this did really happen everything with the monsters and the rock and roll and everything mm -hmm. did happen and then you know he succumbed to his illness and passed away but also the way it's framed when we do have like the the stuff in his mindscape where it's him against magnum chaos and everything it's just like oh yeah this could just be how he's processing his mortality. Yeah. 
That's an excellent oh, wow. question. Yeah. You just opened up a different tier to this book. <laughs> no, that, that's the first thing I thought to the end. And when I got to the end, I was just like, oh, did this? So, because it definitely looks like everything occurred, but mm-hmm. they swerved us before. And I'm like, is this, did everything occur? Is this just him dealing with the final moments of his life? Like, is this what he's thinking about as he's reconnecting with old friends and reconnecting with this music? Is this how he's putting it all together in his mind is one of the things I was thinking about like this is while, while we were going through with, Right. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, who, who knows? I mean, seriously, like, Either way, I mean, this could even be like a fever dream yeah. as he's dying, like Greece. Yeah, the movie we were just talking, okay, about, just talking that. about that. <laughs> no, um, you know, like especially because if he did things that he has regret about and the way that he broke up the band or treated people, you know, if people are going to love you, they're going to be with you when you die, whether you deserve it or not, or you felt feel that you deserve it or not. So, like, very true. I think that that could be it as well. Mm-hmm. Although I'd like to take it at face value and think that it was just this kind of like chaotic thing that happened yep. personally, because if it gets too deep, then I'll hate the book. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. like being tricked into being super emotional. Yeah. <laughs> this book kind of verges on that. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, other, other reference I got was that they had the statue of Lemmy from um, Motorhead at the base of the Horn of the Dead. Um, okay, so that what I thought that was Lemmy as well. Look at me, I know more rock stuff than yeah, I, than I know. I, I have, I did, I had got none of the musical references. Yeah, all the lyrics I didn't get. Like, um, I didn't know, I didn't know any of those songs when they were when they had the lyrics. Um, song. I saw Hey Jude in the background. Yeah, oh, hey Jude. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I that one I did get, but with the ones I knew that were like metal songs, I didn't get. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there was a few that like most of them I didn't get, but I was just like, hey, I know Hey Jude. Yeah, oh, <laughs> um. I, and I just, I love the over, how everything is just overdone in this book. Like when the the way that the Japanese army helps them is not like by using guns and stuff because those don't work, but by literally getting their aircraft carriers full of amplifiers, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then like, also like Jimmy's drums is on like a platform that has like rockets on it. Yeah. That she's like flying around so, while playing the drums. So I have I'll to just say, oh, please. No, 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 Karen, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just gonna see the one of the the page where we first see uh, Jimmy play the drums. Oh, those pages are beautiful! Like <laughs> her rocking out on the the drum kit, it looks awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love her. Um, I think this book. So when you're first reading it, it's like stupid. It's like a murder. It's like a fucking falcon with the gun yeah. arm you're like, like what the fuck will defeat evil but like yeah you pretty quickly into it I felt like or maybe it was because I was just like engrossed in the book but like you start to get a little bit of like the more realistic backstory that um mm-hmm. what Jake's uh you know what happened with Jake and then it I I really liked it I was shocked that I liked it this much um, I, tr- I purposefully try not to like everything Brian likes because, you know, we're married <laughs> or whatever. I do actively fight that. Um, but like, it was such a good book. Um, I think 
there was a lot of softness to it and a lot of um, like deep emotion that you're like everyone's saying, like that you're not expecting when you read it. And I think especially because there's just bits and bobs of this book that do echo real life. And that if you like, if you have sick family members or you've seen people die or you've had, you know, uh, anything with illness and then you're reading it and you're just like, fuck me, that got me. Like I, I read this book like at between um, like 12 and 1 a.m., which was a horrible idea because I was just bawling my eyes out. And it was just like everything that those characters go through, not the fucking fighting magnum chaos bullshit, because to me, that wasn't the part of the book. No, The, the big part of the book is the, the backstory of, of like the, these like interpersonal relationships. And then it's just like, oh shit, you know, um, when Jimmy is playing and her dad has that one moment of lucidity yeah and then he yeah that's heartbreaking stops and he's like who are you fuck i'd be like i'm gonna start crying that part is just like if you've ever dealt with dementia or alzheimer's i mean that shit absolutely happens it's gut-wrenching because your loved one doesn't know you anymore and it's like you you get it like you just understand like all these human emotions that these characters have it's just so i thought it was so good yeah and i don't i didn't expect to like it but it's just like and again i don't like feeling emotions i <laughs> i like to push everything down i'm really becoming my father in that re- respect like i i don't <laughs> want to fucking deal with it i just want to watch something stupid and happy and silly and be good with it but then like you just you go through all this bullshit with the characters and you're like oh my god like I I will be honest with you like when you think it's the wife who's sick and then you think she's dead and then you hear from Jake that she's alive first saw oh this motherfucker left his wife because he couldn't deal with the emotions of her dying I was really upset Mm -hmm. but then like you find out that it's him and then you're like, oh my God. Like, and it's just like that realistic, like realization, I guess, is like, oh wow, he's he cannot cope with death. So he pushed everyone away. Yeah, and I know yeah. you guys have said that before, but I mean, like, it just it bears repeating. That mm-hmm. is, we can never judge people by how they grieve. And that includes for ourselves. Like you don't know what's going to, like, you don't know until you're going through it. Mm -hmm. And it was just really powerful. And I mean, I would love to know if the author, like you guys have, you know, said before we started recording, like, it feels like a therapy session, like on paper. I'm very curious to know, um, especially because there's so many intimate details of illness and like human reaction to illness if this, if he's drawing on, like drawing off of like real life experience, if the author was like going through something, because it it does feel very personal and like intimate Mm -hmm. and like, it's, it's not fun to like feel those things again. I I don't like feeling like this, but But it's just, it's so important. But it's put in like a fun, 
atmosphere which is the which is the weird part because like literally like when murph has the wings and like they have machine guns on them and he's like <laughs> like he's just like yeah, yeah but but like but, but the then, story yeah. is so strong that i'm forgetting all yeah. of the peripheral funny bullshit you can have this story could just be about a metal band and 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 jake and, and like trying to get things in line before he passes away and it would be as heartfelt and like as meaningful, but just the added. But but then there's there's the. Added. I don't even think you would need to add like the death part to it. Yeah, it's just having someone atone for their shitty behavior mm-hmm. and trying to rebuild connections. I think like it's very poignant because we are in a time where we are consistently losing personal human interactions you know like thanks to the internet thanks to like covid you know we're losing all of that ability um Mm. so the fact that this is a comic book about somebody trying to reestablish those connections with people that he loved i even that in and of itself is very heartfelt like take out like the dying part because I was like, oh shit, you don't see those things anymore. We have these weird like parasocial relationships via media, you know? So like, we don't even like, you know, I mean, you don't even like really know a lot of people mm-hmm. r- intimately, like you would a partner or you would like people that you played in a band with people that you spend like all your fucking time with. People you do podcasts with. Well, I mean, even if we're going to, if we're going to go down that route, like, yeah, I really like Richard, but like, we don't know each other like super well because we're not hanging out every day. Richard right. would absolutely fucking hate me if we hung out every day. Oh, oh my God. I'm very annoying. <laughs> I'm annoying. But uh, like, I'm the annoying one in this relationship. Don't take but that no, like, me. it's just like <laughs> you, you do build these, like these ideas of, of what relationships are. Right. But then like, when you, it's like that that old saying like you don't know someone until you live with them yeah like until you're in the shit with them like you really don't yeah. know and so I do I, I, I do appreciate the mul- the multiple levels to this story because yeah it could be something fun and cute and like yeah like a very like I almost said blues clues like a very blues brothers like we're getting the band back yeah. together like kind of like mischief filled like you know story and then it's just like oh shit you know, yeah. it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what I really like. You yeah, know, it, it very quickly got a whole heck of a lot heavier than I anticipated mm-hmm. it being. So um, it's, it, did you all read the, uh, the, the blurb uh, in the beginning the, from down? Yes. Down, so, yeah. Um, so this is the second book and his first book was Extremity. And then he mentions it in the, in the intro that um, that was the book that he was going through all the dark shit in his life. Oh time. yes, yes, yes! I and did so read that. I, I did read that. I haven't read Extremity, but I, wow! <laughs> like if 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 he's diving more into the, the dark shit in that book than he did in this book, I I don't know how dark that book is. Like that's that's pretty dark. Um, but the reason why I I, I think he I like the the reason why he incorporated playing music with you know going through dark times because it's like like he's always had his guitar and whenever he was feeling down and feeling like the world was, was going to kill him and destroy him, you know, like, and it, he could pick up his guitar and play and yeah. that would make the world better. So essentially he had his own Murph. 
yeah. essentially, you know, like like figuratively, not literally. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I mean, music saves lives. Yeah. It absolutely does. It does. I do agree with that. It does. It, it definitely taps into stuff, which is why there's so many comic books about music and like stuff, because it is, it is very important, you know? Um, it's, it's really easy to go through life not listening to stuff and like just like kind of focusing on just news and focusing on your world and your minutiae and like everything that's going on and all the bad and good stuff. But if sometimes you just need a break and you just need a good beat, you need to dance, you need to, to wail, you need to scream, cry. Okay, survey break. Richard, you're in a bad mood or you're sad or you're feeling your emotions. Top three songs that you listen to to like get you out of the funk. Ooh. Um, Spodiote Dopalicious by Outcast will always make me happy. Nice. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that song, but you should listen to it. It's like a nine, 10 minute song. Yeah. And it's just heavy horns, heavy trumpets. The verses are just like um, scenes from a day. It's just like Andre's verse is just, this is what happened to me today. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, basically, Big Boy's verse is just, hey, I was at a party and then a fight broke out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Like, there's really nothing to the song it's not about anything but like it like I don't know it's just something about it it just it makes me feel good it came out when I was like 16 maybe 15 16 just yeah. as like um as friends of mine were just getting licenses so like I I, I didn't get my driving song 18 but uh-huh. like yeah it's just something that like, hey this song's long we love this outcast album puts Fodioni Dopalicious on and mm-hmm. it's just we're just gonna ride it out so like it just it hits a right a correct memory for me but just nice. on its own merits just the song is really really cool very and, cool. and like i couldn't tell you what it's about but it's just <laughs> it's mostly beat the the trumpet and the horn section are out of control and it's just like i don't know it just it's a it puts me in a good space anytime i hear it very cool <laughs> what about you um you don't have two more songs you just have the one oh, two more oh yeah that's mm-hmm. right three. Oh shoot top three. Oh, uh, huh 400 Degrees by Juvenile will always put a smile on my face. That always, <laughs> like, if I need, if I need some energy, like, um, like when, when I work an insane schedule at work, usually if I have my ear, my earbuds in, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm listening to music, that means I have zero energy. But like, in the world of me having zero energy and needing music, mm-hmm. 400 Degrees just, it I don't know it just it makes me happy it just Very it cool. makes me smile every single time and then what else you know what it, it's not even a song that uh that um is very up-tempo but mm-hmm. while my guitar gently weeps by the Beatles mm-hmm. always That's makes me song. happy like I think it's yeah my top 25 on my like iTunes or whatever that <laughs> always makes me happy and then um uh the man who sold the world Oh yeah, uh, Bowie Bowie. or Nirvana? Which version? Yeah, which version? I I think I actually like the cover a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, but that's a it's, it's a great it's a good cover. It, the, yeah. Um, I, I I think I like the tempo more to for the cover. But yeah. those like those are songs that like again, if I need energy, if I'm not in like the best mood and I just need to pick me up, if I listen to those, they'll bring me those bring me back every time. Mm-hmm. Brian? That's pretty good. Um, can I answer it as albums? Okay. 
because for me it's it's more like i'm a huge lover of of like complete albums i think sequencing is so important okay go ahead you know um and and that me feel okay computer very important um from radiohead Mm -hmm. especially like airbag and paranoid android Mm -hmm. start off the album it's just that kind of just puts me into a different feel and mood like it, it, it I am, I'm always mad at myself. I have no context for Radiohead. <gasps> people like people like that I know personally that I love and respect their taste and everything. Like love Radiohead. I'm always mm-hmm. like I, I remember illegally downloading Radiohead <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, and I was like, so, let me check this out, and I just never got around to it. So it's and I band- have no context for it. You can smoke weed to it. You can fuck to it. Yeah. You can like do anything. You you can vibe to it. You can chill. Radiohead is so good for so many it's, different moods. It's, it's great music. It's good background music, but also if you want to listen to it and like and like and like really kind of dive into like the musicality of it, it's there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a block in my head that as they got popular, again, yeah. I was not, I, you know, I wasn't listening to that much rock generally, mm-hmm. but like they had all the accolades, but they seemed like the pretentious rock band. But like, yeah, if they seemed, for me, if they seem pretentious on the outside looking in, it's like, oh no, they're really that good. They, they just seem like they're <laughs> that good because apparently according to everybody, they're really that good. The, okay, so, so like my recommendation, like I, there's, there's, I always albums that are the, um, the, my, like, I think the best album by a band. And then there's like, especially bands where there's a lot of like history and like learning about type of band is entry level can be kind of hard for a band like that. If they've had so much history, like what Rolling Stones album do you listen to? If you want to get into the Rolling Stones, I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, like, so I think the best entry level um, album by Radiohead is the Benz, uh, which is the album right before OK Computer. And like, and I would say, listen to the Benz, listen to OK Computer, and then listen to Hail to the Thief. Those three albums are probably your best bet. Like, if you don't like those three albums, you're not going to like Radiohead. Like, those Radiohead's not for you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, Do Little by Pixies. Once again, that's a that's a that's a good entry level album. Like mm-hmm. I think it also is my favorite Pixies album at the same time. Do little's good. Yeah, it's it you know it's fun. It's, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of weird screaming. It's um, I love the fact that that Kurt Cobain, like who started a musical revolution with Nirvana, with like Soul Like Teen Spirit, has said, "Oh, the reason why I wrote Soul Like Teen Spirit was because I wanted to write a good Pixies song." And so I think that's, a, you know, so I'm like, that's pretty amazing. Like, that's, that's, that's a good credit to your band when, like, someone who's changed music forever is saying, like, oh, I wanted to write a song like them. That's the only reason I wrote this song. <laughs> so, so, yeah. That is pretty um, awesome. And you hear, you hear a lot of Nirvana. In my personal opinion, just, I think, just because the, the way I like music, I personally like the way the Pixies do it more than Nirvana. That's why I'm, I'm saying this Pixies album, not not like never mind or something like that but yeah but anyways uh <laughs> the last... he will continue talking oh yeah about music so we <laughs> yeah. gotta push him along um what would be, <laughs> be um hmm let me think um you can't tell me oh i want to go by albums but not be able oh, to think of a third album the third well i have like a few in my head that's one of the 
Oh, okay. Um, let's let's just go. You know what? Because because if you all been listening to this podcast, I, how many times have I mentioned the Beatles on a non-Beatles podcast? <laughs> so <laughs> um, we're gonna be doing a Beatles book, you know, in a few in a few months too. Um, but um, I'm gonna. I would have to say, even though once again, not my favorite Beatles album, but like one of the top Beatles albums is um, is Rubber Soul. I would say that album. It's very upbeat. It's kind of on the cusp of, of them changing their music, um, you know, the, the kind of the style of the music at the time. It still has that yeah, 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 64, you know, early Beatles shit, but it also has them experimenting with sound and albums. There's a lot of, there's a lot of 12-string guitar on that album. It's, yeah, I, I, I would have to say that as well, except for the last song on the album, Run For Your Life, which is about killing a person if she cheats on you. That... John Lennon in his darkest time. I usually skip that song because it, it also is not that good of a song besides it being about killing somebody because well, they're cheating on you. Also dead. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is before she, this is before you had Yoko Ono and started actually liking women, you know, so. Um, because he hated women. He really did. But anyways. Okay, that's for another show. <laughs> yeah. okay, I was say, the fun thing about the Beatles for me is because like I didn't grow up with the Beatles like mm-hmm. we didn't listen to the Beatles a lot around the house but in the mid 90s I feel like that's when like that Beatles resurgence happened and like they would have infomercials Beatles one comes out and there was a disconnect in my brain that those guys the the, the guys with the the bowl cuts and the suits that are in black and white on Ed Sullivan and then those long harried guys are <laughs> they can't be the same band so like for years I didn't know what to do about that. Like like in my head it's like that's not the same group. That's like those funny. guys aren't yeah. those guys. And it's like, oh no, those guys were like teenagers and then they were in their 20s and they experimented with drugs. I was like, when you're an adult, you're like, that's exactly what that looks like, actually. That's <laughs> but like I just yeah. think it like like when you hear when you hear something like uh is it love me do? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you hear something like "Come Together" uh-huh. or "Hey Jude." Like it doesn't seem like that's from the same band. No, yeah, something like sure. Sergeant, you know, off Sergeant yeah. Peppers. And also, just, like so it's amazing how prolific they are. Also, within the same decade, like like you you have yeah yeah it's only like a what like a nine year run. You between yeah yeah it's like yeah nineteen sixty three was please please like the first or late sixty two maybe, and then yes um the last album was recorded in in sixty nine. So yeah, it, it's oh insane. not even that's a seven year run Se- yeah seven, mm-hmm. yeah um, and um, yeah like and then if you think about it musically, I am the walrus was was written and played only three years after like love me do <laughs> like yeah how do you Lots get of drugs how, yeah answer <laughs> to a, your question so yeah. there, there's a podcast um, called Screw It we're just gonna talk about the Beatles. Um, and it's done by like the Upright Citizens oh, Brigade. Oh, that's the name of the podcast. That's, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> and they made a good point where they like basically, um, they 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 basically put out the Beatles eras by the drugs that they were using. So like you have the speed <laughs> era, like the the diet pill era, which is the beginning, and then you had the weed era, and then you have the psychedelics era, and then you have the heroin era. <laughs> so yeah. that's yucky. Yeah, but drugs cool. are. Even the drugs I don't do, I'm like, oh, that seems like I always tell people the reason why people do drugs is because like obviously it feels good. Like mm-hmm. you probably should still not do it, 
But like people aren't out here volunteering and paying all this money for something that sucks is basically my point. That mm-hmm. said, heroin seems terrifying. Everything about it, everything, like I've never witnessed it. I've never seen it in or I think I have seen it in person, but like fly on the wall. Just I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I think that made I was like, like it wasn't someone was like, hey, this is heroin. Like I, I caught it at a glance. I was like, that might be heroin, basically. But that said, like everything about it just seems terrifying. And like you hear, like, you know, the the Beatles do it. They make they end up making prolific music. But I was just like, yeah, you know, that all of it seems scary to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like. I I come from a family of um, substance abuse addicts, or oh. you know, people that suffer from it. And um, I have quite a few extended family members who uh, are either her- current heroin addicts and meth addicts, or they are recovering. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just it literally. The, the heavier drugs destroy your life. I'm personally not of the camp where weed's a gateway drug. I think if you want to try harder drugs, you're going to do them. I think if you right. want to just stick with something small and like as a recreational thing or medicinal thing, whatever, like I think you're going to do that. I think you have to have the want to get into harder stuff, but it's it's very, very frightening. But onward to no, my- as a, Oh, no, no, oh, go ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say, yeah. no, no, when I was younger- when people were like, oh, addiction is a disease, I thought that was BS, but I was just like, the older I get, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Addiction is totally a disease because some people you'll meet and it's like, hey, we're going to party this weekend. We're going to do some cocaine. We're going to have a blast. And then we're never going to, you know, we're not going to do any drug until the next party weekend that we have free time. And then other people like, no, they suffer from addiction. And it's like, if I do it once, I cannot stop myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, and, was... I mean, that, that's, and the, the thing is, is that you're better off staying away because mm-hmm. if you're in category A and you try it, then like no harm, no foul. But like, if you're in category B, it and will almost certainly know. ruin your life. Yeah. And you don't know until you try. So yeah. it's like avoid everything at all costs. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, well, not you... so much weed, but like all that yeah. harder stuff. It's like, hey, yeah, maybe you should just never experiment with it. Cause if you're in category B, you're either going to die or have your life ruined. If you're the type of person who puts on a TV show and then has to watch the entire TV show and not do anything else, maybe you shouldn't be doing drugs. Yeah, I think that's a great <laughs> like, uh, way yeah. to look at Oh, it. that is yeah. probably a decent lit- litmus test. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if, if you kind of have an addictive personality, like if there's a pizza and you're full and you have to eat the rest of that pizza, then like maybe you shouldn't be doing yeah. drugs. Um, yeah, I know. And that's how I feel about myself. That's why I never tried I mean, I have nothing really against like, like, you know, weed or anything or people who do it, but like, I just know that I probably would enjoy it too much and I would be uh, eating it like pizza. <laughs> I, I, curr- I currently do not smoke. Um, I used to when I was younger, I, but as I've, you know, been dealing with like my autoimmune disease and stuff, um, I'm very interested now in, in getting back into weed as like, a medicinal thing because I have a lot of physical ailments where I think it would be really helpful. But the only, excuse me, the only thing that I'm worried about is because I work with children and I don't want to get drug tested. And Mm. so that's like, even though like I have known so many fucking substitute teachers who smoke weed, like it's, you wouldn't be a weed smoker. You just go to your local elementary school and talk to the staff. I mean, I swear <laughs> to God, it is insane. But 
that is for uh, another day. Are we the uh, CBD podcast? Now? Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. We're CBD. That's right. Um, <laughs> okay, what's your album? Okay. Karen, your songs, please. My yes. songs. Okay. Oh, songs. Sorry, I thank you. Those. Okay, so my songs are uh, for good moods. Consistently, the thong song by Cisco. <laughs> that's a fucking banger. Uh, fight me on that one. So, and then um, another one that I really, really like. Uh, in fact, I sang it karaoke today at the school Did with you? my kids. This sign by Ace of Bass. So we're taking that it is back. a banger. That, I like that song. Um, I sang it. I sang sang at a, at a it karaoke today with one of my fourth graders nice. and all the kids were like missy you can sing i'm like no i can't they're like no you sounded really good i'm like you guys are just like Aww. kissing my ass for next year i'm like i appreciate you and then um the song that i actually really really like because it always reminds me of you brian Uh-oh. is a uh, neighborhood number one by oh, arcade fire oh that oh. album will forever remind me of you so I, when I'm sad about stuff and I miss you, I put that album That's on. That's a very moody album. Too. I was gonna I'm say, moody will bitch. this album make you sad though? <laughs> no, it's a really like like it's all about death. Yeah, but it reminds. No, no, the- but just the the tempo and the, the tone. Like, yeah. um, I had bought that album on iTunes, like when it was winning a bunch of awards. Because I was like, ah, look, I got ten bucks. Let me see what this thing's about. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then, like, um, so the other day, it just played randomly. A couple songs played randomly on my phone. And I was just like, this is really good. But also, just everything about this, is, it, it brings the mood down. <laughs> so the re- I attach memories to things. Like, I attach memories to smells and to tastes and to, I'm a weird person like that. So um, I attach, like, the thong song reminds me of my junior year of high school. One of my best years ever. Thank you very much. <laughs> Loved that song. Uh, Ace of Bass, the sign reminds me of being in the fourth grade when I, again, was on the top of the fucking heap popularity wise. Everyone loved me. I was doing good in school. Loved that year in school. Um, and then Arcade Fire, that was, one of, that was one of the first albums I bought because Brian really liked it. And we were first dating. So Aww. I had to impress him by knowing, like, me, yeah, but... I did look bitch at work. So, um, <laughs> oh my God, do you guys <laughs> so... want me to leave the zoo? You guys want to have a moment together? No, 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 no. But like, yeah, I bought it because I wanted to impress him. Cause he, if you can't tell, Brian loves music and yeah. it was really hard. <laughs> Don't like, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm actually, and, and the thing is too, is that now I'm actually really trying, cause I, I, I do not really have a genre of music I love and like like just specifically like I tried to be that way like you know I went through a punk phase I went through you know all your indie rock phase this asshole phase okay and um (laughs) and then um but yeah I've I've realized that really like I, I I I can throw on old Lee Scratch Curry ska or I can throw on, you know, like an Outcast album, or or like um, actually, I really my my favorite um, hip hop artists, um, and I definitely need to find more is are uh, Jurassic Five, and I'm like and like I just like that, you know, and I can also put on like Johnny Cash, or I can put on like the Beatles or something. Yeah, yeah. So I need to find what I'm trying to say is like I need to find more dance. I need to find more hip hop. I need to find more stuff like that because. I'm definitely lacking and I definitely still love love that stuff. 
So any any recommendation? Oh, um, let me know. I mean, I listen to Random Access Memory every now and again. Mm. Uh, the Daft Punk album, the one that yes. like won oh, all the awards, and it's one of those albums where I'm just like, I was just like, oh yeah, I get it. Like I don't listen to a, a boatload of dance music, but it's one of those albums. Where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you deserve all the uh, the awards that year. Mm-hmm. The album's phenomenal. Also, the there, you know, they did that whole Tron uh, Legacy soundtrack. That's yes. Well, if you the, just the, want to change the pace, I'm totally forgetting the name of the album. The one I, the that fun, the the one with one more time on it and bigger Discovery. Song. Discovery. Thank you. Yeah, that one. I love that. That's 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 the one. Like when I'm like, I really want to get mm-hmm. some dance music, and like because I love counting the beats because like that album has a very predictable change of like beats and stuff where you could be like one, two, three, four. Okay, mm-hmm. one, two, three. now I, I, if you want another group in that vein, uh, mm-hmm. Justice, they're another. Uh, Ooh. Yes, I've heard French, some Justice, like uh, electronic group. Yeah. Oh, sweet! I gotta. I'm gonna be putting that on my Spotify. Thank you. I've only seen too much pavement lately, so I gotta listen some more. Stuff. I like um, the weekend. Yeah, and Ariana Grande because of the uh, Miss Marvel uh, um, preview. I've been having the blinded by the light. By no blinding light. Blinding light. Thank you. By the weekend in my head. Okay, during karaoke today, really quick because uh-huh. we're already off on this fucking tangent. <laughs> um, I wanted to sing Billie Eilish. And the mm-hmm. kids were oh. like, "She's old." I was how like, "Hold you guys, <laughs> how is she She's old? Twenty? Like, how is she just? Oh, she just came out." I, they were like, "Oh like, no, you four years to... ago." Yeah, they're like, "Oh, that's for oh, that's for old people." I'm like, "Billie Eilish." Wow. I was like, "You guys are insane," but yeah, that's mm-hmm. um, that was my so when I chose Ace of Base, <laughs> no, I'm the oldest um, program teacher there, so no one knew that song how do you know that song and it was really embarrassing but triana Uh-oh. she doesn't listen so i can name drop her she was my home girl she's like miss c you look nervous i will sing with you oh i was like Aww. bless you we're That's gonna do this together um, when, no when, when you wanted to jump into the karaoke story i thought you were gonna say some like one of the kids wanted to sing i can't feel my face by the weekend yeah, i, was yeah, like, I love that song yeah, that's, I love that that song. That's, that's a good song. It's Actually, also it's all song. about doing cocaine and not for fourth graders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, weekend dealt with him at my job a few times. Very nice man. Oh, oh which, I'm you, so glad. You, 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 yeah, right. Like it was just like one of those things. Oh, like yeah. I already liked the music, and then I met him a couple times at work, and I was just like, oh, he's delightful. So, I'm happy with the fact that yes. he's delightful. Like I said earlier in the podcast, never meet your heroes. But like, it is nice when you meet someone that you like. Kind yeah, of no, like when you, like, if you ever meet someone in celebrity, you're like, oh, that's it, that experience either couldn't have gone better or was exactly what I was expecting. Like, it, it feels good every time. <laughs> like that one girl on TikTok who's like a a cock, not a cocktail waitress. I'm sorry, she's like a restaurant waitress in New York, mm-hmm. and she was putting on blast every celebrity she's ever helped. Cause she was out of the industry. So like it didn't affect her job anymore. So she was saying like, Oh, Kendall Jenner, this Kylie Jenner, that. And um, I guess she was talking about Justin Bieber and uh, Haley Bieber. And mm-hmm. I guess like Haley Bieber was like a fucking twat to her. Wow. And she, um, so the girl put her on blast on TikTok, And then I guess Haley Bieber like DM'd her and was like, I need to make this right to you. So she Venmoed her 
like 200 bucks. And she was like, that was, I remember this dinner. I, I skipped out on your tip. That's what I should have given you. And the next time that she was in New York and this girl was like doing something else, she like went face to face to her and apologized. There was a follow up and everything. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. I'm like, you know, you're, I mean, I don't, no, no, no. I don't monitor what goes on over there with Justin Bieber, but it does seem like they're, they have decent intentions at at the very least. Like Mm -hmm. he he seems like someone that was like a child star. And then now he's like, what, in his like mid to late twenties. He's just kind of like, Oh, maybe I was kind of a douche. Yeah. And you know, like, like they, they, they seem like they're, they're fairly decent people. I'm sure they're going to be in the news for something horrible. Now that I've said that. (laughs) I just, I, their church bothers me because their church is very like Uh super, super kind of culty. Like, sorry, but it just, they're, um, and that it's a local, it's a local like Calabasas. Thing. If you're if you go to church regularly, I I assume that there's something sinister about you. So you, know, um, you need to be a good Catholic, like most of us, and just go on Easter, Christmas Eve, Christmas. Mm-hmm. and um, I don't know uh, Easter Christmas Catholics. That's a Easter thing. Christmas. There's another one. Um, there's another holiday that we're supposed to go. Good Friday. <laughs> I didn't say Passover. I was Passover. So um, I want to say it's something. Oh, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Ash Gotta Wednesday. Where we talk about Ash from Evil Dead. Yes. Or Ash Ketchum from uh, Pokemon. All right. Yeah. We've lost the plot. Right. Yeah, we, we totally we have. So, I'm not editing this, by the way. I'm too tired and this so, is not so coming out. So we, we're, we're editing this as the night, so we better start, you know, kind of reading this in, the, in for the time being. Um, but you know what though, like that's why I want to do music album, like music based stuff, because it just opens things up like this. Like we can just yeah, have no, awesome it definitely chats. opens us up to uh, other conversations. And, but one thing I did want to say about the book, mm-hmm. um, or a couple things. Well, one I was gonna say the art, it's not pretty art, but it's no. really really good art. Like there's something about uh, his style. Like mm-hmm. I was looking at it when you know he was doing a better rate bill maybe last year. Yes, and it's just like I can't say it's like pretty, but God, it's really well done. Like it's, it's very evocative. You know, the colors always pop, and just every I don't know. Just I really, really like the artwork. It's in here. dirty. It's raunchy, but yes, it's, it's but I mean it's not it's not pornographic, but it's raunchy. Like it's there's it's just it's it's. There's something but like everything, every character he mm-hmm. draws is very unique. They're very, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you like no care, no two characters look the same. Yes. But yeah, really enjoyed that. And I was going to say, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, how do I pronounce it? Uh, Helmdar. Helmdar, yes. Like mm-hmm. sacri- yeah. When he and Anne have the little heart to heart, um, he says the line in there, and I think that was like my favorite line of the book because he said, yo, he was basically like, my bad. I mistook your softness for weakness yeah. and like i apologize because like no you're like you're strong you're you're a fighter and mm-hmm. but i i do feel like in society just in general that people like oh if this person's kind or or if this person's meek then they're weak and it's like no yeah they just you know so, they they just don't have the t- testosterone pumping like you but they can yeah. handle probably much more weight than you can you know but, what i'm saying like i just it's harder to be kind it really is that it is to be also that yeah it really yeah it's to show compassion in this shit house of the world sometimes it's 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 hard so yeah 
I can um, totally and, see that. And one thing that I kind of didn't like about the book, but then when we got to the end, it kind of worked for me, is that this book did just feel like a series of MacGuffins. Every time there was an issue, just something mm-hmm. popped out of the sky <laughs> to just be like, hey, uh-huh. I'm the thing that'll fix your issue. <laughs> it's like, oh, like um, when uh, Helmdar dies, uh-huh. oh, wait, nope, nope, nope here's Takeshi just boom yeah. we uh-huh. have a new guy you know yeah 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 <laughs> and it's just but 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 then the thing is that if this didn't really happen and this is just his like death dream or his coping mechanisms yeah. then it, it makes works. sense that you yes. have and I have a solution to this problem and I have a solution you know there's always a solution to the problem yeah and, absolutely yeah, kind of like the, and then there was and then there was yeah Mm-hmm. So, so um, no, um, I also shout out to uh, Helmdar's uh, avatar, the basically like metal Groot. <laughs> the, the, yeah, pretty much. Or like, or an ant from. Um, I guess it's more it would be more appropriate to say they were an ant from um, from Tolkien because definitely there's a lot of Tolkien base when it comes to heavy metal imagery. So that was pretty cool. I like I like that. Um, I thought the coloring was amazing. Color, yeah, it was yeah. super vibrant, really saturated um, in a lot of the look. It was cool. Yeah, when he when he got the beta ray bill job, I was so excited about that because like I was like, okay, that artwork is perfect for someone like beta ray bill. Oh, did he draw this too? Oh yeah. Oh cool, cool. Yeah, yeah he wrote and drew it. Oh, okay. Andrew. And, beta, and that that series was really good. Um, the one series I had a little bit of an issue with just because the characterization of of. Um, of Wonder Woman wasn't my favorite was was his Wonder Woman series where it was like a post-apocalyptic um mm. she did a few things that were not Wonder Woman need to me like the story was good if it wasn't a Wonder Woman story I probably would have enjoyed it more but like it didn't jive as a you know as a Wonder Woman story to me but the, once that's again, one thing I oh. do hate about big two books is that sometimes yeah. I have this a version of this character in my head and even if you're telling a good story but that your version of the character doesn't jive with me, like my brain is automatically mm-hmm. out. My brain's just like, oh no, this mm-hmm. isn't really Wonder Woman, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, just like, uh, once again, like Wonder Woman, like the Azarello um, Cliff Chang arc, that was a fantastic arc, but it wasn't a Wonder Woman arc. <laughs> like that was that was a good story, but it, it, it was good artwork and everything, but that just wasn't a Wonder Woman story, unfortunately. But yeah, but anyways, um, Murder Falcon, yeah. It's really good. Get it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Really fun. Um, um, yeah. Hmm. Should uh so yeah, I I um yeah, I, I really wanted to to show the differences, like you know, just because of you know, we're gonna be doing um like musical books that are like this where it's a part of the theme of the story or part of the vibe of the story then we're going to be doing biography picks where it's like literally about bands or people like listening to music in like i just kind of want to throw in different ways yeah an album or a a a book can be a be a musical book so i'm glad you guys liked it um i'm glad you guys gave it a chance because i mean like i said i almost didn't pick up this book the first, you know, because I thought it was kind of looked, it looked like, you know, like whatever, yeah, you know, and I'm not a huge metal person. So I was like, okay, this is not for me. But then someone was like, oh my God, like the feels. And I'm like, okay, feels, I like to be depressed. <laughs> so <laughs> we are two different people. Yeah. 
Brian's like, I like feels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I want none of them. We, we Carrie and I deal with our emotions in different I ways. I take medication specifically to not feel my feels very much. And, yeah. So and, I like, and I, I, I basically sprinkled them onto the garden of other things. <laughs> so I, it helps, it helps me cope when I read something sad like this. So thank you all for all uh, being going through my experiment. Here. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Like oh, I cool. said, I. Yeah. And if anybody's listening and uh, wants to talk about this book too, yeah, just email us, message us, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll wrap about it. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Um, all right. Well, anything else, or okay. should we get going? Yeah, I think oh. this is it. All right. Well, everyone, very much deepest from my heart here. Thank you so much for listening, and you know, downloading us, giving us a chance. Hope we didn't disappoint, and I hope you guys keep on listening because we love doing this. I mean, in all honesty, like that's the main reason why we're doing this is because we like talking about comics, and we also like to you know help make tastes and like help like you all find good books. And if you guys have a good book you want to recommend to us, just let us know as well. But um, seriously, thank you for going on this journey with us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, I don't thank you. <laughs> Fuck you. No. no. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Now I have to. <laughs> got really it. aggressive over it. there. Yeah. I already said shit. I thought, I, I thought, I thought Californians were like, chill. What's going on over there? No. <laughs> yeah. It's late and we haven't eaten dinner yet. He oh, <laughs> okay. I've just been eating cough drops. For the last <laughs> yeah. He, he made a little man with a huge penis <laughs> out of the cough drop wrappers. I mean, like, that's how many cough drops he's had, and he's only had coffee. Yeah. So it's been a really well, interesting day over here. So if you, in case you're wondering what, what, whatever why, whatever you're into, in case you're wondering why we went a little off the rails, that's, <laughs> it's going to be kind of an emotional day, too. So, um, well, thank you everyone for listening to our show as always. And we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Good Pods at CDB Pod. Um, Book Clovers on Instagram, we're going to announce what book we're going to do next. And uh, if you want to list, read along, go ahead and do so. We usually record on Mondays. Sometimes we record on Wednesdays. <laughs> um, but get you know, shoot us an email at better at gmail.com uh, with uh, any kind of comment you have about the book that we're going to talk about. And uh, we'll probably read it on the uh, on the air unless it's really weird or lewd. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> no, probably even then. Um, all right. Well, um, Richard, where can we find you on the, on the um, internet? I'm at Topcat360 all over social media. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not really talking about much. Just slowly watching the end of America. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> one mass shooting and abortions repeal mm-hmm. at, at a time. Mm-hmm. It's rough out there, people. Stay strong. Hug your loved ones. Look out for your peoples. That's all you can do. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. And, 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 and please vote. Yes. And you know, vote vote the right people in. Like I'm, I'm someone that I'm very much of. Like everyone should vote. Should vote all the time. Everyone's vote matters, even if your person doesn't win. But the system is set up that like everyone's supposed to vote, and that way we have the consensus of you know what's best for the majority of us because everybody voted. So mm-hmm. that when people just opt out of voting, that's why part of the reason why things are so fucked is because you know we have a skewed amount of the people whose 
interests are served by voting in different directions, but we're not getting a full sample of the grand scheme of all of us. So please, please vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I hope you vote the right way and you vote for the right things. But even if you don't, like, it's one little thing that you're asked to do. Please vote. All the boomers <laughs> are all. voting. So get, 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 the, get, the, get that yeah. away from the boomers and vote, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, um, no, that's, uh, yeah, very, very much so. That's really one of the things we can do to get out of shit storms. And remember when I was talking about on uh, Neverender, where I was like, oh, they create situations where we fight about those things instead because mm-hmm. they don't want us fighting about the real fights yeah like you know like all of a sudden we're gonna make abortion illegal like why <laughs> like you know like meanwhile you know yeah, n- n- sir none of us are asking for that <laughs> yeah. like oh and we're you know like there's gonna be a shooting every day of the week and we're not gonna do anything about it it's like come on you know oh, oh you don't want us like trying to figure out a way to make the economy work for everyone. Oh, I get it. You know, like, okay. You're making us argue about things that we shouldn't be arguing about. Anyways, sorry. My my uh, pedestal there, my soapbox. You got me going, Richard. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kara, do you have a non-prof for the week? I don't have a non-prof, but I just want to take this time for everybody who is involved with a child. Um, you know, like whether you're raising them or you watch them or you're um, a parent or like a guardian, just do me two things. Do me a favor, please. Two things. One, thank their teachers before the summer uh, starts, before school's out, because um, I can guarantee you those teachers do the best that they can uh, with very little to almost no resources. And a lot of that stuff is getting bought out of their own pocket. Um, it's a very expensive time of year for teachers. A little bit of kindness will go a long way. Secondly, if you have children, please, 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 please let them do something other than be occupied by a TV or an iPad. I know that sounds like an old person thing, but um, a lot of my kiddos today were saying that they were really sad about school ending. And I was asking why. And a lot of them told me that the reason that they're sad is because um, their parents work really hard. And so they don't, they don't have an adult to watch them. So they're stuck inside their house on iPads or in front of TVs uh, and they're not allowed allowed outside to play. So if you have uh, the time and you have a child who's, you know, that's who's going to be in that sort of situation, um, do them a solid and like take them, I'm not even saying take them to go spend money, but like, you know, walk them to the park, have them be outside for a little while. And um, I mean, I personally hate sunshine, but um, you know, they, they seem to enjoy being outside and most kids are pretty entertained just with like being able to roll around on the grass. So, you know, just do something fun, uh, very minimally, you know, with no money, but just like, if you have a kid in your life at some point, just go do something with them outside over the summer, they will immensely appreciate it because their parents work very hard and uh, they just don't have the time. So that's all. That's my PSA for children. Hmm. Okay. I, that is really good because, yeah, it's totally different than when, when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, yeah. but I had the I had the pleasure of having an older brother who was forced to be my companion mm-hmm. during the summer. So I was able to go outside and play with bigger kids. And I mean, I, I felt safe in my neighborhood, but, uh, you know, 
it's not the same for these kids now. Yeah. And we're just yeah. aware of the dangers. So exactly. if you have a kid around, just, you know, take them into the park a couple hours or an hour, mm-hmm. entertain them. They'll appreciate it. Perfect. Well, I am at um, Bryjan underscore CB on Instagram. And yeah. so, oh, also, just, <laughs> did you just go quiet? What happened? I, I can barely hear you. <laughs> um, so, this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. <laughs> and just remember that comics are better and everyone deserves comics. Thank you very much and goodbye. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs> what was that? Bye. I was going to say, I was like, Brian needs a meal. Yeah. Like, you just kind of like drifted off there while you were signing off. I was like, what just happened? I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Uh, I'm not editing Good night. this. Good night. Bye.